the ground is ready to be Father, I thank you for your word, oh God, for your word is life and your word is so God, today I ask that your word go through me, so God, bring more light, more power, more wisdom, oh God, that we may walk this house in victory, in every area of our lives. Thank you for everyone that is here with us. This morning, I know that we are having everyone with our team, and then we go to our classroom.
for the Father is looking for that will worship Him in purity. We find a time in, in Luke when Jesus first comes out into His ministry and He's led up into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. Satan comes to tempt Him in many ways. In Luke 4 and 8, it says, And Jesus said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. And Jesus said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only, and him only shall I serve. I think about this scripture that a lot of times in this we think about Jesus saying this and we look at the story and we look at Jesus and we look at how Satan has tempted Jesus and, and, and sometimes we can rest on the fact that Jesus said that Jesus was tempted and wow look what Jesus said but God wanted us to know every aspect of his life was the point us to the fact that we were going to go through those same things. That we were going to have wilderness experiences. And that not Je just Jesus would, would use that, that uh, powerful, authoritative uh, 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 scripture of it is written in and say, get thee behind me, Satan. But, but how many times have we said, get thee behind me, Satan? How many times have we said it with authority? Said it with power, said it with a, know, a knowing that he has to go. Jesus knew when he said it in all authority that that put an end at that conjuncture where he was tempting him. He was saying, There's nothing you can do, there's nothing that you can say, there's nothing that you can offer me that will stop me from worshiping the most high God. There's nothing that you can say. There's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that you can offer me that would stop me from worshiping the Most High God. So, in essence, he get, get behind me. Get behind me. Shut your mouth. Have you ever told me to shut up? Get behind me. Because I'm only going to worship the true and the living God. I'm only going to bow down to the true and the living God. There is a kind of worshiper in God who always trusts, who always hopes, and who always perseveres. There is. Somebody might say, you must be talking about Jesus. No, I'm talking about us. There is a worshiper who always trusts, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. I stand in the pulpit and you feel, I feel in me, that's what I want to be, God. Hallelujah. I want to always trust. Yes. I want to always hope. Yes. And I want to always persevere. Yes, it's just in my spirit. Yes. Enough yes. of Satan. Enough of Satan. Enough of him. Yes. Taking me out of my God-given authority. Where I can always. Somebody says, how can that be? 
in First Corinthians 13 and 17, it talks about if we just have love, it says, love beareth what? All things. Believeth all things. Hopeth all things. Endureth all things. So it lets me know that if I get this love that Christ is talking about, I can believe all things. My faith does not have to be shaken at many times it's shaken. I can hope all things. I can bear all things. Aren't you tired of falling? I am. Aren't you tired of falling down and kicking? I am. Aren't you tired of feeling like I'm going to walk away and throw in the towel? I am. And it says, it endures, that one right there, it endures all things. It can go through anything and endure all There is a kind of worship who always trusts, who always hopes, who always perseveres, who gets through the storms of life with a heart still blazing, with a heart still grateful, with a heart still praising. There is that kind of worship. That's the kind of worshiper I want to be. I don't come to church every Sunday, Wednesday, read my word, just to be weak. Come on, God, Amen. Amen. Lately, it's been something bothering me in my spirit because I know that I know that I know that God is all powerful. And I know that He can conquer anything. And I know that there is nothing greater than our God. Oh, come on. There we go. I said, I know there is nothing greater than our God. But it seems that in certain circumstances, I find myself uh, letting things rise above my God, uh, become greater than my God, that's stealing my joy. And when I start thinking about it, I begin to understand that the enemy has just done what he's been called to do to see me. There's nothing greater than my God. There's nothing impossible. There's nothing too hard for my God to do. But in certain situations it, that seem too long or too big, I find myself shaking. I find a certain sadness. I find a certain attack on my joy. I find a certain um, outlook that I have that has nothing to do with the greatness of God, but it's everything to do with how big the circumstances are. And I find myself getting really upset about it because I know that in that when I look at something and, and it seems so much greater, I, what am I saying? I'm saying that the person, the circumstances, the, the, you know, whatever I'm going through is bigger than God. But there's nothing bigger than God. Hallelujah. And there comes in me this, this stance that one day I'm going to have to really believe that my life is in His hands. He knows all about whatever I'm going through this day, this moment, tomorrow. He knows all about it. And my life is in His hands. And, and when I really, really, when we really grab a hold of the fact that our life is in His hands. Oh my God, we will walk in true worship. Our joy, 
Because no matter what man says he's going to do to us, no matter what man says about us, no matter what's going on in our body, the final thing is, is my life is in his hands. And when God gets tired of it, it has to stop. When God gets tired of it, it has to go. When God gets finished, and most of the time, when things are coming our way, it is really the love of God because he is really bringing us to a better character, a better strength, a deeper faith. We just don't understand trials and tribulations. We see them as the most terrible things, but really they're coming to show us ourselves, to show us that weak place, to show us that place that will stop us, to show us that place that will keep us out of heaven. And God is saying, look, this, I'm not trying to kill you, but I'm trying to show you that this is the arrow that will kill you. This is the gospel that will make you die. And what I'm telling you is not to fold in, but to stand up and say, if this is the dark that will kill me, I'm going to get the power I need to get the Bang, 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 bang. 
You're hit with one thing and another thing and another thing. It's not just one thing. He said the fig tree didn't bring no didn't bud. The, and there was no grapes on his vine. He said the olive crops fell one thing up the other. The field didn't produce no food. He said, and then I went to the sheep pen and there's no sheep in it. There's no cattle in the pen of stalls. He said, to my left, to my right, everything looks like there's nothing going my way. He said, but yet, yet will I rejoice in you. I will be, I will be, I will be, I will be. You know what? It is about a choice. It's about a choice coming from the inner man that says, I will. Our problem is a lot of times we don't will ourselves to get past ourselves. God is saying, this scripture, he says, I love it. I, I want it to be a part of my life. That's how I love passion not just a songbird, not just a preaching bird, but a life song that on my worst day, on my saddest day, on my most hurtful, painful day, yet I will rejoice in my salvation. Yet I will demonstrate
Sometimes you are not going to feel the warmth, the fuzziness, the presence. Sometimes you're not going to feel the presence of God. You're just going to have to know He's there. I said you're just going to have to know He's there. A lot of times we can worship when we feel the presence. But what about when we don't feel the presence? Do we back up? Oh my God, where are you? I'm without you. You've left me? No. There comes a time when we have to get past. God allowed us as babies to come up to the altar and feel his presence. God allowed us as newborn babies to feel his presence. It's like that baby that's next to mama's breast. Feeling that presence. And, but there comes a time where the baby, and, you, and, and I'm looking at it with my, my, my grandchildren and with baby and, and my experience with babies, is how baby wants her mom. She wants, sometimes she doesn't even want a nurse. She just wants to be in the presence of her mom. And if you take Bailey away from her mom, there's a shrieking, shrilling cry that says, where's my mom? And you see her little look, her little baby look. Where's my mom? Where's my mom? And if you don't get mom to her really, really quick, she's going to let you know something's wrong. Where's my mom? Well, okay. But that's okay because baby's a baby. Let Bailey be about 12 or 13 years old, and she's still crying in our mama's lap, want to be next to mama's chest, and she's looking around, where's my mom, where's my mom? Something, we can all be like, what in the world is wrong with Bailey? There's going to be something off because there comes a time, and as training parents, what we would do as training parents when, when the babies, you know, you, you hold that baby, you give that baby love, but you also know that you have to train the baby uh, to have times away from you so that baby's not miserable, that baby's not fearful, that baby. So what you kind of do is you start training the baby, and, and the baby's been fed, and the baby's diapers uh, change, and the baby's coming, and I lay the baby down. Okay? And so when I lay the baby down, I don't just sit and hold the baby 24 hours a day. I'm not training the baby to be attached to my breast, to my presence. I'm training the baby that the baby will be able to walk and know that I am there even though I'm not there. And so you train that baby by putting the baby down. Sometimes the baby, first time you put the baby down, the baby's going to holler. So this, I don't know, God might be helping somebody in here this morning. But the baby's going to holler. But that don't mean run back in to pick the baby back up. What it means is to go in there and what God does as we continue to walk in here, God comes and sometimes we're like, God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And God gives us a little bit of time. He gives us a little bit of time. Then he's trying to ease us back in. Here I am. Here I am. I'm right here. I'm right here. Then you'll see that the times get longer and longer and longer as we grow. As we grow, every time we come up here, we don't have to feel goosebumps. We don't have to cry. We don't have to be playing in the sky. We don't have to be, I know that I know that God is here. We get to a maturity that God is trying to get us to. He's trying to get us off the breath. He's trying to get us to a place where we know that we know what we believe in Him. We know His Word. We know that He is there. And we can worship in our seasons of lack without God holding our hands. Come on now. Amen. Hallelujah. 
God is getting us to that image. That faith doesn't have to be seen. Sometimes we have to see things before we will believe things. But God is saying faith doesn't have to be seen. It's embraced. That I know, that I know, that I believe in God. I've been looking at God keeps bringing these little stories to me. And as he brings these stories to me, it makes me evaluate myself. And so when you see me ready to weep this morning, there's a story brought to me that I ask myself, if I was in that, if I was in that position, if I was in that place, would my faith be as mature? Would I be ready? Could I praise God in spite of? Here's a story that I read about uh, American hymn writer called Fanny Cross. She, she lived during the 1960s. And she describes her life about a, a changing incident that happened to her as an infant. When she was about six weeks old, she was taken sick. And I'm just going to read how she said it in her coming from her, okay? When about six weeks old, I was taken sick, and my eyes grew very weak. And those who had charge of me poached my eyes. Their lack of knowledge and skill destroyed my sight forever. As I grew older, they told me I could never see the faces of my friends, the flowers of the fields, the blue of the skies, or the golden beauty of the stars. Soon I learned what other children possessed that I did, but I made up my mind to store away a little jewel in my heart called content. Fanny was eight years old when she wrote this song. Oh, what a happy soul I am, although I cannot see. I am resolved that in this world, contented I will be. How many blessings I enjoy that other people don't. To weep and sigh because I'm blind, I cannot, and I won't. Fanny went on to write 8,000 hymns of praise. Someone once asked her, Fanny, do you wish you had not been blinded? She replied in typical style. Well, the good thing about being blind is the very first face I will see is the face of Shining and demonstrating the glory of God through 
in the most, all of us can demonstrate glory in our great heyday. Things are right. Things are fair. What about demonstrating and worshiping God? There are two paths that face us each day with every situation that comes our way. There's a path of bitterness and complaint, and there's a path of contentment and praise. It's up to us to choose. We've got to choose which path we're going to take, and understanding that the path that we take, the consequences of that path, the results of that, when we take the path of bitterness and complaint, do you know what it does? It makes us not trust God. When I'm bitter and I'm complaining, I'm saying, God, you don't love me, you don't care about me, you did this to me, but you didn't do that to her, her life looks good, but my life looks bad, you've given them riches, I'm poor, you've given them health, I'm not, you, you, you lost your focus on who God really is. And sometimes we equate God's goodness as, uh, as health, wealth. Uh, you know, money, land. That's what we equate his goodness as. And we demote him when these things are in our life. But his goodness is that he died for me. His goodness is that I don't deserve any of it. His goodness is I don't deserve houses, lands, I don't deserve relationships, I don't deserve sin was supposed to kill me off from any good thing. His goodness was that he died for me. That while I was yet a sinner, that it was like him coming into prison and taking my place. Let me go free. Yeah. And somehow we forget the goodness, the real goodness of God. And we get it on small things. That the same small things that we had before we came to the altar that wasn't, wasn't supplying the need that we had. We give it back to that's his goodness. But before we came to God, none of those things kept us. None of those things was our real satisfaction. None of those things was our real happiness. Or else, if my car could make me happy forever, I would have never came into the house of God. I just rode my car around. It happened. If my man could have made me happy all the days, I wouldn't. Come on. I'd be kicking him down today and would never worry about work. Come on. We got to realize whatever it is that you think is so big and so wonderful and so great, if it was so great, why did you think it? Hallelujah. Why are we here? We're here because we know that those things they last for the season, and when that season is over, there's still that emptiness within us that has to be filled, and we can go a long way filling it with this or that, this or that, but at the end of it, there's still that same emptiness that needs to be filled until it's filled. In the Song of Solomon, eight, eight through, I mean six through seven, it says this: Love is strong as death. Its jealousy unyielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. Now I want to stop right here because the funniest thing about it, as I was reading that, when we're first in love, doesn't it sound like love? Love is a strong essence. Romeo and Juliet, they would die for one another. 
Then it says, it's jealousy, a yielding as the grave. Some of us have known that jealousy in love. Right? So we, we get mixed up and think that it's talking about that kind of love that we know as flesh love. It says it burns like a burning fire. Lately, if I haven't felt sometimes you're so in love, you're about to burn up. <laughs> oh, y'all don't play. You know what I'm talking about. Like a mighty flame. Like a mighty flame. We love all oh, the passion of it. The, oh, the heat of it. Come on. Happy when 
when when when the, their marriage is good, when their the money's in the bank, or when their health. I don't have to teach anyone how to be happy about that. But what I'm called to do is to teach people how to respond in a time of adversity, in a time of lack, in a time when things just seem like nothing's going right. I want to be an example of a true worshiper in that time. The world has trouble, we have trouble. What distinguishes us from the world is how we respond to our trouble. I said what distinguishes us from the world is how we respond to our trouble and who we put our hope in in the time of trouble. Man trusts in many things. Worships many things. But we choose to worship the most high God. And we choose and we choose to believe and not just say that he is higher than any other. Our life has to show that God is higher than any other. I'm asking God to sharpen our devotion, strengthen our resolve. To sharpen our devotion, strengthen our resolve. There's another story that some of you guys heard about, but I didn't quite hear it in this way or or didn't know it to this extent. But when I read it, I was like, I recently heard the story of Rachel Scott, a teenager victim of the Columbine High School tragedy in Denver, Colorado. It's another powerful tale of unstoppable worship. On April 20th, 1999, two bitter and twisted students entered the grounds of the school with guns and explosives, planning to wreak havoc. One of the grudges they were bearing against was against Christians. And when they found Rachel Scott, that grudge was made very clear. The killer shot her twice in the legs and once in the upper body. As she struggled to crawl away to safety, they pulled her up by her hair and said, Do you believe in God? They thought they'd won the battle, expecting her to back down from her face with a whimpering no. But this bleeding Unstoppable worship. Bravely affirmed. You know I believe in God. Furious with that answer, they yelled, Then go be with him. And shot her right through the head. When I read things like that, I wonder what I would do in that You know, some of us would say, oh, I would say, yes, of course I believe in God. But you know how I gauge that on the small things that take me out? Hallelujah. On the small things that that makes me back up. How am I going to do something big when I can't do something small? You know, how, how am I going to do that? How, how am I going to say, of course I believe in God, but I can't even love you? How am I going to be able to do that big thing, that big thing, when, when all God wants me to do is to love you, to forgive you? That's all he wants me to do. Y'all say, that's pretty big. Well, that's pretty big. Have a gun at your 
and have to be ready for the fact that we are going to get trained and we are going to have opposition and we're going to have funky people up in our face getting on our nerves but we're going to have to stand and after doing all still stand we're going to have to work it work it work out work out our salvation with fear and trembling fear of God not fear of men but we're going to have to work it out do you understand what I'm saying it's no lazy nonchalant ain't nothing going to happen to me I'm just saved sitting on the bench drinking my high tea it's not that it's not that because where you're going to is not that where you're going to we haven't any clue yet because we're still battling one another we don't know what the battle is out there God wants us to get to a place that he can send us out and that we can be true soldiers for him. This is not just a dress rehearsal, you guys. It's not just a waste of time. We can live for Jesus, ushering in his kingdom right here, right now. That's what we call people. That's what we that's where we've been preaching about. We are kingdom people. Thy will be done. Thy will be. There's no whips up in heaven. Come on. There's no wimpy people up in heaven. There's strong people that trust in the Lord. We've got to be that way. With Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Bringing God's will. How I act. How I respond. How. And you know, I, I'm telling you that I have been evaluating me. In so many situations, I evaluate things, little petty things that work. This shouldn't spark. This shouldn't spark. That's so petty. Petty things that spark things in me and spark an emotion and, and spark a oh in me. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. When you shouldn't do that. Worship is about God, to God, and for God. Hallelujah. I said worship is all about God. It's all to God. And it's all for God. And it's not just the song that I sing. It's the life that I live. The life that I live is about God. It's for God. And it's to God. That's what it has to be. To be a true worshiper. I want to have a devoted life in His presence. In Psalms 29 and 2 it says, Give unto the Lord the glory. Do unto His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. What I'm saying this morning, don't get stuck on the church as, as fellowship time and coming together. And we're like, give unto the Lord, glory and honor, give unto the Lord. So we're singing, we're swaying, give unto the Lord, glory to his name. Our lives, our hearts are not right. Some of us are lifting up hands on days we know we should be on our knees. We should be going to, but we're still swaying, swaying, being deceived that that's what God looks for. God is not looking for hands raised and hearts not.
have to believe that God has accepted my prayer. I just want to start to believe that I'm all right with God, even though I'm not all right with Him. But God said, but God said, if you have something, He said, bring your gifts off, but get up and leave that gift. You go do what you're supposed to do. Because I need you to understand what relationship is about. Yeah. And we can walk around all day and say, I love you. I love you too. I love you too. Come on now. But Nick, Nick is on my dying. God is saying, how can you love me? Oh, you have not seen. How can you love me? Is that the reason you love him? Because you haven't seen with one another. We're seeing the ups, the downs, the ugly, the cute. We're seeing it all that we need. That we still have to love. And that's true love. And God is saying relationship bears all things, endures all things. Bears all things, endures all things. Hope is all things. Sometimes I'm just enduring it. I want us to get to this whole scripture so we don't be like, yeah, well, okay, I'll endure it. I'll endure it. But it says, there is a hope in all things. I hope, my hope for you, whatever is going through with us, I have a hope that Nick comes out of winter finishing off. I have a hope that whatever is agitating, maybe it is me, whatever is agitating him, that he will be able to stand. And his response can be a God. Where's your hope for that person? A lot of times we just have enduring for the person. Where's the hope for the person? I said, where's the real love that, that bears, endures, and hopes? Where's the bearing? Where's the bearing? It says, ye that are strong, you ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Where's the bearing? A worshiper knows how to bear. A worshiper is an intercessor and knows how to bear. The Some days I'm off. Please somebody bear for me. Okay? Don't cast me away. Don't kick me to the curb. Don't talk about me. Don't put me down. That's not helping me to rise. That's not helping me to get up. But bear it in prayer. Bear it in intercessor. Bear it in, in words of wisdom and encouragement to me that helps me. Come on. Can we be helpers? one another. I begin and, and, and for the sake, I begin to think about this. In the Bible, there's all these people that God is so awesome that he lets us know that we can do things, not just Jesus going to the cross and hanging on the cross. Awesome, ultimate, ultimate of bearing, of loving, of being a worshiper. But in the Bible, as we look through the Bible, we see different instances that teach us what a true worshiper is like. You might say, I don't know what a true worshiper is. I don't know. Well, the Bible didn't leave us without a pattern. So many patterns. I love when I look at David. And in 2 Samuel, we find the story, David slept with Bathsheba. Nathan came to David, pronounces the judgment. The judgment is, is that David's baby that Bathsheba is carrying is going to die. Many of us worship, this showed me, two, two different times, but yet they were both worship. Sometimes when somebody comes to us and they tell us, 
strong or something that's off. There's a consequence to that, there's a consequence to sin. We all know that, right? So when we're in the middle of the consequence of sin, instead of being like, you know what, I did do this. There is a payday. We get angry. We get mad. We just get mad because we were caught. There's no repentance, really. It's just, why didn't I do better and not get caught? I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. I just went to the backwards and stood in the front door. We come through all this thinking, you know what I'm saying? Not, not a heart of, I'm sorry, God. I'm, you know, I have transgressed against you, God. There's not that heart. It's more like, why did I get caught? And I'm mad that I got caught. And I'm mad that God has revealed that to somebody else. Some of us, if Nathan had walked up to us, we would have been like, no, I didn't. No I, no, I didn't. Who told you that I did that? Well, you said God did it, said it. Well, you must have got it wrong. Was you eating too much pizza? You know, we come across like, no, I didn't. I didn't do it. Then we're mad at the person. We're looking at the, no, we did it. But we're mad at the person and we're looking at the person crazy. And there's nothing that draws our heart to, I am so sorry, God. Well, with David, he shows in this chapter that he's a true worshiper. When he finds out from Nathan, as Nathan begins to tell the story in such a way that first he comes, to, first he comes out, because he doesn't tell him that if you, David, he does David, and I love that one thing God taught me something that sometimes you gotta let people figure out that thing. But um, David, you know, comes across like, oh, whatever that is, whatever that is, he's about to pronounce this horrible judgment on this person. Whoever that is, go get him, kill him. Whoever that is, it's you. And when David realizes, realizes. God has found me out. One of the things that I like in the first thing that David did was he went to clothes and he goes in and he, he begins to fast yeah. and pray. A true worshiper, when they know they have done wrong, they go to God Thank in repentance, yeah. in worship. Yeah. They go to God saying, I'm that's a true worshiper. A true worshiper, you didn't see him going around his kingdom saying, Nathan said, Nathan was wrong, trying to, trying to make the kingdom believe something right about him and he was wrong. But he went in and he closed himself in and he, and he fasted and prayed. So a part of worshiping, being a true worshiper, is knowing on my wrong day, I don't try to lie. I don't try to get out of it. I surrender that I'm wrong. And I go in before the God and I, I keep fasting and praying. Well, in that, he knew that God was going to take his son. That the judgment was God's going to take his baby boy. He begins to fast and pray. But then all of a sudden, in that chapter, you'll find that the um, servants come to him. And as soon as they come to him and he's looking at them, he already knows his baby is dead. What gets me is that even when we're wrong sometimes, we're mad at the consequences. 
and we see Job being being highly uh, uh, given that he's gonna he's gonna come out this test all right. But we see that in that to the friends and the people that sometimes you're going through things and people don't know why you're going through it. Sometimes people attribute most of the time that you're going through their attribute that you've done something wrong. Don't let it be something negative in your life. What did you do wrong? What did you do against God? If you had only prayed more, if you had only fasted more, if you had only did this more. Most of the time, people want to find the reason why you're going through. And they want to tell you the reason why you're going through. But the thing is, and, and, and that could have shook him. Because sometimes people come up and they say crazy things to me. And I have to say, Jesus. Don't let me. That, don't let that shake me. I'm telling you, advisors, be careful how you advise. Be careful what you shoot into somebody's life. Make sure it's God, because we look through this book of Job, and some of them friends they didn't have it, and at the end, because they didn't have it, God was against them. I look at the fact that Job, in the middle of, he said, "Naked I came to the world. What are you holding on to so tightly, worshiper, that God takes it from?" And steal your worship. He said, Naked, I came to the room. Naked, I'm going to go back. None of this stuff, none of this stuff that I bring into the world with me. I'm going to go back just the way I came. I'm not stuck on my cattle, my sheep. I'm not stuck on that. I'm going to stay right here. What do you say? I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to be planted in my worship. I'm going to be planted right here until my change comes. How many of us can say that? I'm going to stay right here in this, in this position, in this. Uh, trial, in this tribulation, in this opposition, I'm going to plant my feet in worship, and I'm going to stay right here until my change comes. I'm not running, I'm not moving, I'm not speaking things that I should not be speaking. I'm going to stay in worship until my change comes. Because my change is not about people or the opposition. The change is really about me. Sometimes in the midst, we're going, if you change her, if you change that, if you change them, but God said, I'm going to Because at the end of all of that, what did Job have? He had the gift of some amazing faith, right? He had the gift of some amazing faith that, oh yeah, God, I praise you and I glorify you with the, with the cattle, the sheep, the kids, I praise you, but God, I know that I can praise you in the middle of the storm. Some of us don't know yet if we can praise God in the middle of the storm. And some of us think these little pity any wind blows this storm. It's just the wind.
Let's remember them. Sometimes we said, you know what, I'll stay on the back, keep peeling potatoes. And I'll just wait, peeling potatoes. I feel safe back here, just peeling potatoes. Sometimes the enemy encroaches the line and he gets to the potato peeler. And so what are you going to do when the enemy gets to you? Are you going to be ready? Are you going to be so comfortable? Are you going to be so comfortable just crying over the fact that the potato peeler cut your finger that you're not ready for war? I think God wants us to be ready for a war. The women I'm getting in, the women on this, when she touches my heart, the woman that had the issue of blood, true worshiper, she had something going on in her life. Had went to man, and man could not do anything for her. And somebody in here, man, has not been able to do anything for you. But she knew that Jesus was passing that way. But remember, sometimes it sounds kind of easy what she did. But it wasn't easy because there were obstacles in her way. First of all, she was bleeding. And because she was bleeding, she was not supposed to be in the populace of mankind. She was not supposed she was considered when they would see her come, it would be unclean, unclean. She was not even supposed to be close to mankind. She was supposed to be in some little shack far away that, that no, no, you know, she couldn't contaminate. But what I like about a worshiper, a worshiper will go beyond man's protocol. Hallelujah. A worshiper will press at man's protocol. Think of blind man or bar man. It's like, shut up.
I could just see it rising up and today is my day. And she said, I'm going to press. And I'm going to press. I mean, she had to press. Remember, woman that was bleeding for 38 years. Some of y'all don't even understand that. Some of y'all have the clue to bleed like that and bleed like that. There's a weakness, a frailty that comes upon the woman's body when she's bleeding. There's already, she's weak, she's tired, she's weary. There's been no answer. Nobody can give her an answer. But she presses about that, past that. She says, I'm breaking through. I'm breaking through. I don't care if they say I'm unclean. I don't care if they scream I'm unclean. I don't care if they look down on me. I don't care if they talk about me. I don't care what they do. But I'm going to worship today. I'm going to give God work today. And it says that she reaches and crawls through all that crowd. And she reaches. And it says that she's, you get to 
I'm not about getting them, God. I'm telling us about getting them, God. I'm not about getting them, God, because Jesus wasn't about get us, God. Jesus is about Father, forgive them. For they know not what they're doing. He didn't jump off that cross. He didn't say enough already. I'm sick of y'all. I done done killed you, spoken to your life. I done created your head and earth. Forget y'all. He didn't say none of that. Going to the cross said, I absolutely love you. And it's going to the cross where it says, For and I'm in on this. This is our problem. Why we can't worship in our trials and tribulations? Because God said, For the joy that was set, 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 set before him, he endured the cross. God said our joy is too shallow. It's too earthy. It's too flesh. For the joy that was set before him, he walked down God, God the road, all the way to the cross for the joy of sitting at the right hand of his father. For the joy. He kept that joy. He kept that joy. No matter if people pierced him in the side, talked about him, criticized him, didn't understand him. The joy was set. What joy is set before you that you won't give up, let go, walk away? What joy? It's the joy of Jesus. It's set before us. We won't fall down. We won't give up. We won't have petty things. Because I got a greater joy. I got a greater call. I got a greater love. I just love you, Wayne, because I love God. On your worst day, I can love
David and I, as he was talking, you know, we, we've been praying about his job. And in his job, we watched him train three general managers while he himself doing the general manager work. But every time it was time to go up for general manager, they would bring somebody in, and Devontae would train that person, then they would hire that person. But Devontae kept on putting in to for that position. And every time my heart would be like, just, oh God, oh God, what is what? Second time, bring in somebody, Devontae's the one training them. Showing them how to do the job that he wants, and they fired. I mean, they hired that person. But when we had came back, he called and he let us know that they had let him go. And I wanted to be there so bad to hold him, to comfort him, but he blessed me so much. He said, Garrett, he said, I was riding home, riding my bicycle home. And he says, I was thinking about what they had done. He says, and I got to my house, and he said, something said, go to the church. <laughs> he said, he rode his bicycle, and he came in here, and he got on that piano. Some of y'all, if y'all go on YouTube, he's worshiping. Right. He's worshiping. Yeah. He's worshiping yeah. in the most horrible, what's going to happen in my life? I have children, I have a wife, I have no job. What did he do? He yeah. could have fell out. He could have been mad. He could have wanted to go blow up the theater. Oh, I know right. people like that. But what did he do? He came to the house of the Lord and he worshiped. And on Sunday morning, he didn't come up here with no sad, I love my job. Forgive him. Yeah. He too. Yeah. He too said, I want to 
into the eyes of God and say, God, if you can hang on a cross, if you can pierce to the side, if you can shed your most precious blood, what is this? What is this that I'm We all have to bear a cross. There's something in our life that's going to be like a cross. It's not going to feel good. It's going to seem unfair. But that's not the deal with Jesus. Be a worshiper. Be a worshiper, you guys. Be a worshiper. Some of you are excited right now, and I know things are going on in your very life. Things that are hurting you right now. Your way out, worship. Your way out, just worship. Now let me tell you, don't get stuck on, I'm going to sing a song. Don't get stuck on, I'm going to clap my hands. Don't get stuck on, I'm going to run you down. Because what you may need to do right now is forgive. What you may need to do right now is show some more love. What you might need to do right now is confess. Something that you need to do that God's word says to do in your situation. It'll bring you out. That's worship. Whatever situation I'm in, i got to ask God, what am I supposed to do according to your word? Not according to my feelings. But according to your word, walking according to the word, not feelings. That's true worship. Do I feel this way? Do I feel angry? Yes. Do I feel disappointed? Yes. Do I feel hurt? Yes. I'm not going to lie about my feelings. But I am going to say, God, I am hurt. But what is the godly response? And after I find the godly response, I'm going to say, feelings. I'm doing this God's way. Feelings will keep you someplace much longer than worship. Please hear what I said. Feelings will keep you someplace much longer than just pure worship. Worship will bring you out. Feelings will keep you there. Oh, who chooses to worship? Who has a choice? I will worship. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will worship. 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 Can I say something this morning? My daughter, Lynette, I'm so glad that she's here. There was a moment that I could have stayed in what I was doing. We have been talking and choice that she was making. She's trying to make choices, but the choice that she was making, I didn't want her to be in this choice. Now I can choose to walk around and be mad. Alright. What? No. Why? How come? I choose to believe God.
People may not see it. They may not understand it. They may even criticize. But God is saying, stand on your faith. Be a worshiper. When things are said, sometimes people say the craziest things are the craziest signs. But be a worshiper. Be a worshiper. And I call for the church. Be a worshiper. Faith joins us. Faith flows in us. It's so great. So join our faith right now in the name of Jesus. I feel like a season in our time. And I feel a season that God is saying. It was spoken over our lives that our children. Some people have said that all of our children would not be a part of this ministry. But you know what God said? God said that's a lie. That's not what I told you from the beginning. That's not what was spoken over you. That's not what was said. God said he would bring our kids from us that were scattered and he would bring them back. And God said there would be a
You know how there's a radio and you're trying to get the signal in right? But that's all that friction and all that stuff. You can't static and you can't. There's been some static going on around here. And God was, I'm asking God, God, make it clear. Please understand this. There are things that I can't, in the best of my ability, ability articulate it in such a way that it sounds the same to everybody. Because everybody comes from different perceptions, have different ears on, okay? But just to start at the foundation, I love you. And I love God. And whatever I'm saying is because I love you. And I love God. And because the enemy knows that I love you so very much, he puts that Because he wants you to get it the wrong. It amazes me when I hear back from someone what I thought I said and what they heard. Have you ever did it with your own husband? Yeah. But babe, you said, he said, I didn't say that. Don't think it's not going on up in here at a higher degree. So right now, God, I'm praying that we all have ears to hear, starting from the foundation of love. God, whoever the enemy is bringing in static, trying to make things unclear, trying to trouble a spirit, God. Father, I repeat the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. Father, he will not have any part in our spiritual ears. Our spiritual ears will hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. What the Spirit is saying to the church. Father, if there be any flesh in anything that I've said, Father, that the spiritual ear will not even hear it, oh God. Oh God, please, that will not even hear it, oh God. That the spiritual ear will only pick up Spirit, God, in the name of Jesus. Spirit that will bring life. Spirit that will bring victory. Spirit that will bring deliverance in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for everyone that is standing here. God, we have a resolve today. We have a resolve today to be a worshiper. Oh God, you can count on us in the pit. You can count on us in the lion's den, oh God. You can count on us, oh God, in adverse situations. You can count on us when things aren't going good. You can count on us when there is no crop and there is no sheep and there is no anything within our house. You can count on us to worship you, our God, our King, our Deliverer, our salvation. You can count on us. You can count on us. We won't fold. We won't give in, oh God. You can count on us to be a demonstration, God, a manifestation of who you are, oh God. You can count on us. Oh God, to continue to train us. Continue to train us. Continue to train us. Let us not be deceived about what's going on. Most of us, our problem is that we don't know what time it is. We don't know what purpose it is. But God, let us not be deceived. We are in training for our greater battle, oh God. Oh God, let us not withdraw, but let us press in, oh God, to that mighty training that we may manifest your glory in all situations and circumstances. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this word. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for putting up with us. Thank you for never giving up on us, oh God. Thank you for serving us over and over and over and over and over and over again, God. Thank you for keeping us, keeping us, keeping us, oh God. Thank you for seeing us, God, as you see us. Not in our weaknesses, God, do you see us, but in your strength, God. Oh God, thank you for not casting us away. Oh God, we thank you for your everlasting life. We thank you for this day, this hour, 
this power yeah. that you have given us, yeah. we embrace it. We receive it. Yeah. Right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. Yes, yes. go back to your seat. If you haven't given Jesus Christ your heart, if you haven't made him Lord and Savior, today, that invitation. Say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord in my life. I'm tired of trying to do it on my own. I'm tired of struggling. God, I'm tired of not knowing the way. Jesus said, I am the way. The truth and the life. Come unto me. He will give you rest. Oh, just come unto Jesus today. Don't let another day go without Jesus Christ not being Lord of your life. May you be moved in. Hurt. When you walked away, this morning you might have came in and said, you know what? I don't even know why I'm here. But you were glad to be here this morning. You might be saying to Spirit, Lord, let me try once more. God's saying, come. Come. Then he said,
hard times, or you hear about me and David being down there and didn't have money, selling my blood to try to get money, and hard times, and in my mind it was like, where are my parents, where are my parents, but the thing was, is my parents were right where I left them, or probably wouldn't let me call them.
Take the worry out of the mother's mind, oh God. Oh God, the things that she sees, the things that she wishes that she could have done to, to, to help him to, to be more mature. God, right now, just let her trust in you. Oh Father, we as parents come to an end, oh God, where we have to trust you to continue building them, to continue growing them, God. And God, just as you have grown up, God, you will grow them. So God, we pray for them both, God. We pray for them both. Everything that's surrounding them, everything that's heavy on her mind, heavy on her heart, situations that she has to deal with with her husband being gone, oh God, bring the peace that passes all understanding. God, let her look to you, look to you, look to you, look to you. Oh God, let this be a new day in their life. Oh God, forgetting those things that are behind. Forgetting those things that are behind. God, grace them with the grace that they need to walk into their new day. Father, help us all as her brothers and her sisters in the Lord. Help us to love her 
to encourage her, to walk it out strong. Oh God, that she won't just see this service, but God, that she will look around and she will see in our walk how to do it, how to serve you, how to worship you, how to love you, how to love one another. Oh Father, let us be an example unto her, oh God. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, help her to be strong, powerful in you, oh God, and help her to do great exploits, God, as your Holy Spirit rises up within her, oh God. Help her to lean and depend on you. Oh God, let her have no other gods before you. You are her only true and living God. God, I thank you right now for her future, for the plans that you have over her. God, we come into agreement with those plans right now in Jesus' name. Let no one be a stumbling block. Oh, no one be a stumbling block. Father, that she may grow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
No, we, we look up one day and say, wow. You see, we see the growth and we see, you know, the change and we see the strength when you tested by something that you know you failed before. And you begin to realize you've been working on me all the while and I didn't realize. And like, you know, you go away and you go back home and you see your cousins and your nieces and your nephews and they done gone from here to here. One day you, you spiritually look in the mirror and see you've gone from here to here. Because of a situation you had to go through, you realize that I've grown. What you experience in life now is the fact that you raised a strong man or child. And he's just dealing with his maturity. But you put it in. The strength came from mom. Step dad. Now he's got to learn how to manage that strength. And the way that's honorable is not to make yourself just wrong with him. He doesn't know how to handle it. You know, like the bull in the China family. You know, he's got to tame it. He's working right. He ain't no whim. You done raised no whim. Huh? Take joy, take, you know, peace in that. Let's stand and we, we bless the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now for the time that you've given us to come. And Lord, we thank you for the word that has provoked us to be worshipers in all circumstances, and not just in song, but in life, and in, in, in trials, and tribulation, God, to be worshipers. Because that's what you're seeking, God, and we want to be found of you. As it is said in time, we seek of such. Hallelujah. This is the day, God, that we want to be a worshiper. So, Lord, even in our giving, help us to know how to worship. <laughs> because you gave us the ability to gain anything, to gain the wealth, to be able to have a job or a business or anything that you allowed us to have resources. And your word says that you give seed to the sower, bread to the ear, God, and you've been good to us. So, as we so Lord, let us realize that this too is an act of worship. I don't worship my money. I worship you with my money. Hallelujah. I give you praise. So we ask you to bless him and sanctify him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You be seated. Us the pastor and